I just checked and it's still springtime out there. We're uh, in the third week of May. Um, summer comes in June, we know that. And what's a good thing to do in the spring? When I was a kid, it was flying kites. We loved it. Technically, it's still that time of year. The winds are prevalent, typically, on any given day. Uh, we're very, very... There's not many days that I've noticed uh, the last... Well, there's been a few days of, of windless, relatively windless days, but um, the majority of those days were good kite-flying days. So I have memories of flying kites as a kid with my brothers and sisters uh, going down the street to a, a, an empty parking lot uh, where it was clear overhead and we could get our kites up, get a good running start. Always liked those really windy days. Uh, where it took very little effort to get the kite afloat, aloft, I should say. And uh, my brother Pierre and I would have about 200 feet of string on our kites, and we were pretty happy with that elevation. But my brother Paul had to always outdo anyone, and uh, he did easily when he bought multiple rolls of reels of string, kite string. Uh, I think he had a thousand feet of string and he maxed it out. Uh, his kite would always be the little dot up in the sky. Uh, ours would be, you know, like an inch wide. His would be like about a quarter of an inch wide. And, uh, yeah, you could barely see it. It's just amazing. And he had that kite up about 800, 900 feet, uh, you know, given the slack in the line. Um... And that's pretty tall. That's pretty makes a kite pretty small from the ground. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. Liked running with the kites. Liked flapping the kites. Liked making dives. Uh, the the stingray style kite, as you know, that kind of black and white, um, enveloping wingspan kind of kite, about a two foot width to it. Remember those. Those are, you know, kind of like the go-to kites now for performance kites. And you could do sort of aerial acrobatics in a limited fashion. Actually, you could really make those kites dive. And Paul would do it from his great heights. Uh, we would see his kite doing incredible spins, but it would just be a small little dot. Um, we, got, we were a little closer to the ground with our kites. Um, I remember mine being a black and white, um, and, you know, uh, it was fun. Kites weren't expensive. You could get them in a convenience store or a shopping mall, a shopping center, uh, your grocery store. You could buy it in the package, you know, it just had very quick assembly. You just attach the dowels, um, attach your string and go, you know, make sure it wasn't going to be a thundery stormy day for safety wise we were pretty cautious I guess at that in that instance um, we looked for those nice nice uh, blue days blue sky days um, and uh, not too much sun to get the sun in our eyes uh, we tried avoiding that but um, but you know wind was a prerequisite and uh, so I uh, have those great memories. Kite flying was just fun, you know?
And it just harkened the, the warm weather ahead. It's a celebration more than anything of uh, possibilities. The possibilities were endless before us for the summer season ahead. Um, and uh, we, we look forward to it with relish. And, um, and our kites were, were central to that. So it was fun for, for a $4 uh, item back then, I guess is how much it probably costs. Probably no more than that. Um, remember the, remember the balsam wood airplanes you could buy for a dollar or 50 cents? Remember the parachute army man, um, and the little, little clear parachute that he came and we dropped that from the our second floor tenement window when I was growing up in Woodlawn. Um, we lived on the first floor, but we'd go up to Bill and Tony's and drop them from their floor on the second floor. Uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. You made, you, made, you made fun with the things that you had. You know? Very cheap toys, but they were very, very satisfying toys. And fulfilling toys, you know? And... I include the parachute man, the balsam wood airplane with the rubber band powertrain, and my stingray kite, my stingray kite. And uh, Pierre had a stingray kite. Paul, as I mentioned earlier, flying is really super high, you know, two to three times higher than we were ever flying. Um, I guess I didn't have the money to buy the extra string. And Paul did, you know. He had his paper route. I guess I didn't have mine yet. And I'm talking about when I was about maybe eight or nine years old, ten. So kites, wind up, balsam, assemble it yourself, airplane with the red markings on it. You know the one I'm talking about. parachute man, a little plastic army man on the parachute, descending into the unknown, you know, which was the driveway to our Pawtucket Woodlawn home, triple decker in Woodlawn. So we had a lot of fun, and spring, spring harkens it all, brings back memories just like it did before I did this segment, I didn't really know what I was going to talk about. I said, let's, let's talk about spring and kite flying. And that's just what I did. I hope you enjoyed it. My neighbor's tree is huge. Um, it's almost like twice the size of my backyard tree's tree which is my largest tree. The largest tree on my property is in my backyard. It's a maple, Norway maple. And Gary, um, my neighbor across the street, has a very large, sprawling uh, Norway maple. I'm going to pin it at around 50 feet wide and by about, oh, it's got to be, I don't know, it's got to be about 60 feet, 70 feet high. Actually, the width of it is probably more like 70, 60, 70 feet. It's a round tree. 
what do trees do for us? Well, they, they suck in the bad stuff and breathe out the good stuff. They suck in the carbon dioxide and they breathe out oxygen. And uh, just a great design that God has, God has created. They also are great homes for our little animals, squirrels and chipmunks alike, and birds. So many birds and squirrel nests. One year, um, not too long ago, uh, I must have had, oh, six or seven squirrel nests in my front trees. And uh, I looked around the neighborhood. I didn't see a lot of nests in any other trees. They, they preferred my trees. I felt, felt kind of honored. So, you know, the insects, all the, all the things that trees provide. And they provide us with shelter from the sun when it's beating down a little too hard on these hot summer days coming up to the sheltering from the rain and keeping us dry. I know it can rain out forcefully for a good hour before my trees start dripping water. They absorb so much water. Um, they're hungry for water, I guess, and the leaves just soak it up or hold the water. And uh, eventually it comes raining down. It's uh, not going to hold, you know, it's not going to hold forever. Our trees are God's way of telling us that shelter is available. You should seek shelter when you need to. Should glorify in the foliage and the blossoms that some of our trees provide. From the budding, uh, the, the 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 green buds and noses that fall throughout the season, to the leaves falling gloriously in the, the fall, and providing us with color and pageantry. And um, in many parts of the country, not just New England, although New England is noted for its beautiful fall foliage myriad of colors so I can't stress more so the importance of the arboreal beings that are part of our lives the trunk full of wonder mystery Simplicity and complexity all rolled into one is the living tree. I hope you. I hope you're near trees. I hope you have a tree in your yard or two. Small one, large one, maple, oak, cherry blossom, dogwood. My brothers and sister. My brother's house has a beautiful. Um, I think it's a Korean dogwood tree. Just beautiful. Um, beautiful flowering tree. It's, it's past its uh, it's past its bloom. We're already in late May, coming into June in the next couple of days. Tomorrow is Memorial Day. Let's remember our fallen soldiers who fought bravely for our country. Number one, and I 
know it's not Arbor Day, but let's let's also think about trees and what they provide for us. Shelter, pleasing aesthetic, shade, coolness, dryness, up to a point. Overall beauty. Shelter for other animals besides us. Just knowing that they're there is almost enough. I always like looking out my backyard window and seeing my trees and my well manicured young lawn. And I, I thank God that you know I have a pretty good situation here at Pawtucket. Um, small house larger yard um, got uh, three trees on the site one in the front two in the back um, and they're there for us our wonderment they're there for us for our further understanding of nature they're there for us for permanence, for a sense of history, for a reassurance of the future, the color, the richness of the green in the summer and the variance of the colors in the fall, and the bareness of the tree in the winter, light filtered through the branches cascading down upon our faces snow accumulating on the branches in the dead of winter green with foliage and rich and moist at the height of summer if it's not too dry of the summer trees are resilient they bounce back they hold their moisture as much as they can give it off tree is a perfect organism and again no matter what species you have no matter how large your trees a tree is a tree is a tree maybe that's why the Christmas tree is so important for us it tells us about life being an evergreen always green always full of life even when cut down for our home decoration What else is a tree? A tree is a poem. A tree stands still, stays still, doesn't move, but is moving. A tree provides life, shelter, solace, comfort, and joy to all of us. Experience a tree today by the highway. city, in the immediate neighborhood environment, on a hill, in a dale, maple, oak, walnut, chestnut, elm, 
Rhode Island lost a lot of its elm trees um, 50 to 100 years ago. Tragic, beautiful tree. The elms, uh, there's just a few of them still standing. Some of them are on the, the lawn of our state house. They've been tried to bring them back, but it was really not a successful campaign. I don't know if there's any single elm tree still uh, still there, still standing on our state house property, which is pretty big. Um, and trees are resilient. They, they can take it. Um, I, our tree in the front, one of them had to be taken down, but another tree just keeps surviving. And it's a busy semi-busy side street here in Pawtucket, Hunts Avenue is, with cars going by and trucks going down, large trucks sometimes, trucks that I think shouldn't be coming down the road, coming through, trudging on through, you know, picking off branches as they drive by. It's amazing what these trees have taken, and they've still shown beauty every season. I look out my window now, besides seeing Gary's used tree, 70-footer that's in the back of his yard. Um, I see other trees. And my front tree by my driveway, which is about half a tree left, uh, still, still shows its glory when it needs to. And this time of year, it's, we're in a full-leaf mode. Buds have born into small leaves, which have grown larger and larger. It settles the weight of the tree down, gives the tree weight, as well as color. The verdant green is just too, too, too incredible to behold. Um, let's let's appreciate our trees out there. Recognize a tree when you go by it. Recognize its beauty and its enduring quality. That give us that sense of history, belonging, presence, and hope for the future. Hope for the future. So my friend Gary went riding without me yesterday. I didn't even realize he had gone out on his bike. Um, but he clocked, he uh, got his computer, his trip computer working good on his bike, finally. Um, and uh, he uh, clocked it at 13 miles, our, uh, the route we usually take when I ride with him. And I'm hoping today uh, we'll ride because today is a beautiful, gorgeous day. It's already 80 degrees out almost, just about. And uh, I think we're doing for a nice Rhode Island nearby mass ride. Uh, it's been a few weeks since I've been on my bike. Uh, went one day and back in May uh, on a really warm May day. It was a great ride. I'm not sure if I talked about it on one of my podcasts, but it was a good, satisfying ride, you know. And... Um, I get back not too tight. I wind down my ride as I get, I approach back to my Pawtucket home. 
13 miles isn't the biggest trip uh, that we've ridden, but we've done, you know, we've probably averaged that 13 miles uh, on our, uh, if I was to aggregate out our trips, it would equal uh, the average one being 13 miles. And where does that take us? Well, we leave Hunts Avenue, we turn on Perrin, we go all the way to the end of Perrin, take a right on Central, head down Central Avenue, past the hardware store, uh, Rocky's Ace Hardware in Seekonk, and we're in Seekonk now. We take a right, uh, I'm sorry, a left on Newman Avenue and then an immediate right on Pine Street. And uh, we take our Pine Street ride through Seekonk to Brown Avenue, the next main intersection. Uh, you could go straight or you can go right. We go right and we take, we take that Brown Avenue past Caratunk, Wildlife Refuge, Rhode Island Audubon Society. And we, um, it's in Massachusetts, but it's a Rhode Island Audubon Society. Great hiking in there, by the way. Great riding, I guess. I haven't taken my bike in there in ages. Uh, it's been years since I rode in that park. Uh, but it's a great refuge. And it's a great ride. And it's a great place to go. If you want to check out birds and wildlife and... Uh, Birds and wildlife and uh, flora and fauna, varying degrees. It's a great north northeastern, great New England place to go to. Either on foot, which they recommend, and uh, take your binoculars or your camera with you, um, and enjoy it. And then as as we ride down Brown Avenue, Brown Avenue, getting back onto our, our route here, we come to the end of Brown Avenue, and you can only go left or right, and that is we take a left onto Newman Avenue, heading towards East Providence, Rumford. And then we go through Rumford, go through a light or two. There's a great downhill right by the Cavanaugh Bakery, English Muffin Bakery here in East Providence, Rumford. And uh, we take it down all the way through. We take a right on Wilson Avenue, and that's the grueling uphill climb. Doesn't look like much, but it, it's quite a labor. Uh, you know, it takes a minute or two to get up the, up the hill. And once we're there, we're up into the Pawtucket Plateau, I guess. Maybe you call it that. And uh, we ride, take a right, take a left, I'm sorry, a left onto, onto Newport Avenue, and then take the left fork, which I believe is uh, either Pawtucket Avenue or um, Pleasant Street. We go through, coming in back into Pawtucket from East Providence, and we are uh, almost in the home stretch where um, we proceed deftly, uh, eagerly through. Uh, we come to a cemetery on our left, and then I take Fred Street, which is a diagonal cut across from Street that empties back out onto uh, Beverage Hill Avenue. And then just quickly crossing Beverage Hill Avenue, I take a left onto York Avenue. I come down 
all the way to Walcott Street in Darlington. And I take a right onto, Parana onto Armistice Boulevard. Then an immediate left, right there is an immediate left onto Perrin Avenue. And then we're back, so we're back on Perrin Avenue, as you know from the beginning stretch, the beginning leg of this journey. And finally in the home stretch on Hunts Avenue, which is just a short stint to my house, just a few houses down, and Gary's house across the street. That's the lay of the land. That's our ride. We like it. Um, I like to switch things up, but I do like that route. Probably going to stay with that for a little while, maybe a good part of the summer. We're familiar with it. We know where to go. No wrong turns. Not that we would make any turns on a new route. I see myself continuing down Pine Street back at the beginning. Um, not taking Brown Avenue, going straight through, coming into Rehoboth. And then emptying back out onto uh, the other end of New Newman Avenue, um, which is quite a ways. And I take a right this time on Newman Avenue. And then we come into Rumford that way. And then there's a lot of other switch-ups you can do. You can stay in Rehoboth. Uh, we can um, continue riding through Rehoboth, you know. Uh, not going as far as Taunton. No, not, not, that's not in the purview. Uh, that would turn it into about a 15-mile ride, 10, 15-mile ride additional uh, onto the 13 miles already, you know, allotted. So it's fun. It's good to get out. Today's a beautiful, glorious start to the day. Um, we're getting ready. Carrie and I are getting ready to head out this morning. It's about quarter of 10 on Sunday. And uh, today, I know you my other segment, I was talking in May, but haven't published the, the um, podcast that I was working on or that I am working on in a while. And basically, uh, that's the scoop. So enjoy your day. And if you get out on your bike or you do a walk, celebrate uh, the winding down of the COVID bullshit and have fun. Have a lot of fun. It's worth it. You'll enjoy it. On today's Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories, let's go fly a kite. I can't get enough of trees and my bike ride. Thank you.